Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, 
T-Love here at Energy Awareness Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health energy and sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 425,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Carol Serene Borgens is back, listeners. She is a co-author of the book, Do Unto Earth, as many of you know. And you also know that Carol is a longtime medium, channeler, horse whisperer, practitioner of many metaphysical disciplines, and the author of numerous Pax Channel books, which includes two children's whimsical novels, two books on the reality of COVID-19, they are The Likely Future, Volume 1 and 2, Personal Power Will End the Pandemic, and of course, Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late, which is the basis of this monthly series. And Carol continues to provide Pax Channel private reading sessions remotely, so you can contact her to get your own personal private reading at her website, www.carolsereneborgans.com. So that's C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-R-E-N-E-B-O-R-G-E-N-S.com. Welcome back to Energy Awareness Radio, Carol. How are you being? Thank you, T. Uh, I'm happy to be back, and how I am being is just wonderfully well. Thank you. Well, that's good because you're in the western part of the country, and I know there's a lot of fires and heat waves there, and you're in an area where there usually are not extremes in heat, but I know you've endured that for, I don't know, like three or four weeks ago. It was really, really bad, and hopefully now. Is the weather cooler? Yes, it has returned to what we will call seasonal normals here on the west coast um, of Canada, and it is uh, manageable. We had weather that was not manageable. We had weather temperatures that were slightly in excess of what Las Vegas would experience. Um, that may not sound like a hardship to your listeners, but we're here in moderation uh, in all things on the West Coast. We don't have air conditioning. Our buildings just, you know, commercial buildings, uh, some do, but, you know, it's not a need for us. So, you know, in this situation, Mother Earth has been showing us her displeasure at the treatment she has been receiving, and many, many hundreds of people uh, died here in the course of one week. It's just the infrastructure cannot uh, cannot manage. So we're very happy and blessed to be back to, to seasonal again, and I'm happy and be blessed to be back with you and your listeners. Oh, good. Well, we're glad to have you. And I dare say that it was probably hotter where you are than it usually is in Vegas, because although they have air conditioning, your temperatures were well over 100 degrees, up toward like 115 at some points. And that, when you're enduring that for a few days at a time, with no 
air conditioning because there was never a need for it before. That's a lot to have to go through. That really is. And yes, Mother Nature is bearing her, rearing her ugly head, if you will, all (laughs) over this globe. And and you seem to get the brunt of it a few weeks ago. (laughs) Well, and the complication of these temperatures, T, is that we're on the ocean. Our humidity is high, extremely high. Mm. And couple that with well in excess of 100 degree temperatures, you know, we listen to the weather people say, and it feels like, you know, it felt like about 120 and excess. So um, that's behind us. But you know what? It's behind us for now. It will come back. Uh, We're in a, a climate crisis. Spirit is talking about this. We we need to recognize it. <clears throat> it uh, it's basically a warning. It's a continued warning sign uh, that's shown all over the globe in in what's happening with the environment. And we need to en masse pay attention, don't we? Yes. And this is just one way that spirit is showing us what we need to do, and and we should be recognizing the presence of spirit. And our topic for today is allowing spirit guidance into your life, recognizing the presence. And many of us are aware that we have spirit and or angelic guides that are available to guide us through our journey here on earth, but we don't always recognize their presence, you know, the signs that they offer, the guidance they are putting forth for us, or we see some feel, hear something, but we don't allow it to help us. And if we do allow the guidance, wonderful things will happen. You know, for me, meditation is a form of allowing the guidance to come through, being in stillness, whether it is a formal meditation practice where you are purposefully sitting and becoming still and quieting your mind, or when you are doing something that is peaceful, like gardening or walking in nature, or even things that, are, that become rote, like folding laundry or washing dishes, that can be very meditative. And, and it stills the mind if you are focusing on the task at hand. At least it does for me. So as a channeler, what is your practice for allowing guidance into your life? Oh, excellent question. It's twofold, really. I can allow guidance into my life, or I can request guidance into my life. Um, The second, requesting, is how I work with a spirit energy. It's how I work with packs when I am intending to sit down and channel uh, either for um, a book I'm writing or a person, I ask for the presence of packs to be with me. I first clear my mind, clear my space, uh, ensure there are no distractions, and ask for the presence of packs to be with me. Now, this is something that I have been doing for many, many years, and I understand and feel and recognize uh, the presence of packs. So um, that is my situation. But in terms of your listeners, for people who want to undertake this and experience this, my Advice really is to believe that first that you do have uh, spirit with you, attempting to help you, always there if you will only allow. Um, B, 
begin a habit twofold. One would be to listen to your thoughts. Spirit guidance comes through often as hearing it in your thoughts. The other would be to feel it in your heart. Pax always tells us, follow your heart. What he means by that is there will be a visceral feeling that you will have in, in your heart chakra area, in, in your, within yourself, that there's something, a message, um, a knowingness that there is a message for you. So opening to it, being aware of it, with the combination of trust and belief that you deserve this guidance, that it is with you if you can open to it. Uh, it is something that you will feel without asking for it. Um, and yet in some way, you have perhaps asked, you may have been just thinking to yourself, I don't know what to do about this. What should I do about this? And, you know, that's the moment when if you quiet yourself and listen and feel, you just may find that guidance is there for you. Yeah, I agree. I, and and you, you do it in a, such an eloquent way, whereas I, if something's not working right, I will say to the angels, okay, you know there's an angel for this. You know, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I think un- unemployment is high on the other side because not a lot of people are asking because we're not taught how. So somebody come in here and help me, and then I get the help. You know, so I'm not, I'm not exactly asking. I'm saying, hey, what you doing? Where, are you on vacation? You know, because sometimes I do think my angels are on vacation. But, you know, cause, because we do not learn that we can ask for help from source or angels or spirit guides, never mind taught how to ask. And this is something... I think we tend to figure out on our own when we realize it's possible to do so. I think most of us learn that when we're in stillness or we're just doing mundane tasks that have become rote or being out in nature when we're not constantly thinking or listening to our brain chatter. I mean, I know for me, I get information around water all the time, whether it's by a body of water or in the shower, things come through. Ideas are created. Solutions are found. I even figured out what someone was referring to after 30 years. It took 30 years to even figure this out. I was just minding my own business, taking a shower, and it came to me, and I remember saying out loud, oh, my God, he was right. (laughs) Now I understand what he was talking about. And I wasn't thinking about the subject matter at all. It just all of a sudden hit me. So I think when, when I look at how we learn to both ask and allow ourselves to receive guidance, because it's not taught and sometimes people just decide to look into things like this, many times it's because of something that they've recognized when they were doing something very simple and easy and, and focused on something. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. And also um, running water is magical. For people, you know, our bodies are mostly water, and the fluidity of the water, uh, especially in the shower, is is quite magical for people who have their brain waves, as as you did, the recognition of something you weren't even consciously aware of, but it it was given to you. That's a gift, isn't it? Mm Hmm. Yeah, it is, because it, it. It's not that I had been thinking about whatever that thing was for for 30 years. I wasn't. But it just, all of a sudden, it was like, bam, 
it hit me. And I thought, wow, now I know what you're talking about. That's very interesting. But what does, <laughs> what does, yeah, what does PAX say about allowing spirit guidance into your life and recognizing the presence of it? What, what, is, what are his ideas, suggestions, you know, advice? Ah, actually, good question, because just about half an hour ago, um, I asked that very question uh, to advise Pax, as I do. We have these conversations. I, I let Pax know I'm going to be having a visit with you, and this is what we're going to be discussing. And um, is there something that he would like to share uh, with me so that I can uh, give it to your listeners. And this is what uh, was channeled, uh, like I say, maybe half an hour ago from PAX. Oh, good timing. <laughs> Spirit wisdom, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So the question is uh, that you posed, allowing spirit guidance into your life, recognizing the presence. How to, mm. basically, is the question. <laughs> yeah, what's his take so, on it, yeah. So this is the PAX. Paxism, the Pax take on this, and I quote, It is time now for people to use all the tools they have to find wellness in their lives and recognizing that spirit is with them is one. There are troubles and challenges in life that can be met with resistance or understanding that a person is not alone. At which point I asked Pax, okay, how to recognize this? And I quote, each person has to quiet themselves and be aware of the difference between their intellectual thinking and their heart feeling. Follow the heart, we say. In the balance is wellness. We suggest that the understanding that each person has the ability to speak with or receive guidance from their higher self is the beginning. This realization comes with the need to feel this energy within and allow it to be felt and heard. It is in the thoughts often that spirit guidance is heard, hence the reason for quieting oneself to receive. A person needs to believe they have inner guidance, Trust in it and welcome it. With this combination, there will be communication, and with this communication comes guidance. It is for each of you to accept and access. We suggest that the exercise of listening and receiving, feeling and accepting, is somewhat new to many people and may not feel like what they are capable of. We ask those questioning themselves to place more trust in their inner strength. Consider this an exercise in growing within, adding another life skill, and developing the inner strength they may not have considered possible. It is for each person to understand or open to understanding that they are not alone in this lifetime and are able to know their inner strength is supported by spirit, their higher self, and their inner soul knowingness of how to proceed through life. This is a support team each person has 
if they will open to it. And this is channeled by me from PAX today. Okay, well, there's a lot there, so... Let me try to unpack some of it. Let me see what I can remember. So he suggests that um, the exercise of listening and receiving is new to many people, and they might not feel like they're capable of it. And, And I understand that because, as I said before, we're not taught this. This is something we have to come to realize on our own. Sometimes we can be more open to allowing or receiving guidance and therefore learn much more about life and love and what brings us happiness when we're seeking work rather than when we're actually working or sometimes when we're confused rather than when we have clarity. So when we allow ourselves to learn what there is to learn rather than resist our, let's say, present circumstances, I think that is when our life will be transformed and and that which was will be no more because you've become transformed does does that resonate <laughs> absolutely very well put uh, and you know there's something that i i left out here which i think is rather important um when we talk about people not being aware that they have this uh, capability, this gift, this this support team, as Pax puts it. Many people in their upbringing have been taught that this is all uh, airy fairy, and yes. it's, it doesn't um, exist uh, really. And if it does, it's voodoo and woo woo, <laughs> and these things which are basically not to be. Uh, trusted or or allowed into the lifestyle, perhaps based on religious beliefs, uh, cultural, uh, what have you. So many people, you know, have some sort of a distant knowledge that it exists in the world, this kind of spirituality, but have been led to believe over the years that uh, they shouldn't go near it. It could be dangerous. So, you know, for some people, we we are not going to change their minds. But really, what what we discuss here is the knowledge that it's it's for the greater good. Each person has within them this this guidance if they seek it. And secondly, I'd like to say that I. I should have clarified when we speak in, in this channeling that I've just read from Tax about the higher self and the inner soul knowingness. I should really um, clarify that the higher self, the inner soul knowingness. This, for for many people, you might consider this refers to your soul wisdom. Um, it is believed that as we pass through our many lifetimes on this earth, our soul contains all of the wisdoms. And um, it, these are remain within us, if you will, uh, for, for guidance. We have the knowingness that comes from past life experiences, you know, whatever you may think about that at the moment. But it is, again, another tool. Um, the higher self is our our inner guidance that will 
always lead us uh, in the best direction for our highest and best good if we will allow it. And again, that's a part of opening to uh, listen to the messages that that we receive uh, and trusting. Uh, if we if we hear it but don't trust in it, we won't act on it. So it's a balance, and, and Pax had said that earlier, um, that the the uh, balance is between the intellectual knowing and the heart feeling, and that's hard okay, so, for many people. Yes, yes. So you've said a number of things. So I'm going to try to parse it out, and we'll deal with one thing at a time. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you talked about religion, and I think it's ironic because. Not, people feel, I think, that they're not worthy or they're not deserving because we're yes. told that when you, when you go yes. through religion and, you know, those were special people, they were put here for a reason. We're all put here for a reason. We're all special, okay? And nobody's extra special or, you know, better special. We're all special in our own way. We all have our gifts to bring. And we're all given very similar gifts in the, in the way of our power, in the way of our thought and thought processes and what we can do and how powerful thoughts are. And I find it ironic that we're told right after learning something that, yeah, but you're not like that and you could never do that because it specifically states in the Bible, if you're brought up in a Christian Bible that, you know, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, Um, you know, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It's clearly stated that we all have the power within. It's clearly stated you have to, maybe when you're six, seven, eight years old and you're receiving First Holy Communion or when you're 10, 12, 13 and you're, and you're going for confirmation, you may not understand it. But later on you do and you realize, oh, yeah, that was all in the Bible. It, clear, it, it is a guidebook. It is an instruction manual for, for human beings if you follow it and kind of read it and understand it. But we're told by the people, the very people who are teaching it, but you can't be like that. Now, nobody's saying we're all Jesus, but if you really look at what Jesus did, there was a lot of things that were done through the power of the mind. And a lot of people can do things through the power of the mind. I dare say all of us are capable of it, but we have to believe it. You start bringing in that little bit of doubt and, and bam, it's over. So I find that ironic that it, it does. I agree with you. It comes from a lot of it comes from religion. And, and, and that to me is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then you mentioned, uh, you know, our ability to, the, the whole past life thing. So I think we can also get into past lives through meditation and everything as well. It's kind of like, or stillness of the mind, like deja vu. You know, that to me is a past life glimpse. And again, it, it, it happens when it's least expected. There's some type of trigger. And in the case of past lives, it doesn't need to be really stillness of the mind. It's a trigger because of a conversation, an action, a place we're in, or perhaps a person that we've met, you know, and it may have perhaps somebody you've known in a past life where you think, wow, I know this person and I've never met this person before, but you automatically have that connection. There is a huge connection, and you realize, wow, we're going to get along well. This is a kindred spirit. And, and I've even thought to myself, I know I know this person. I know I know this person. It has to have been happened in, in, a, in a previous life. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. Um, <clears throat> we are triggered 
by all the things you mentioned, including sounds and smells, um, we are uh, suffering from fears, uh, phobias, but we are also coming into this life with great gifts and talents, you know, Mo- the Mozarts and the, uh, the, you know, the children who have amazing gifts, you know, almost as soon as they're out of diapers. It it runs the range from the positives to the negatives. And when we look back, I've practiced past life regression with people over the years and found that so many of the present day challenges or complete inability of that person to function in a certain way can be directly linked to a past life as it can also be alleviated uh, by entering into exploration of that past life, finding what uh, transpired there to create this uh, link to today and uh, removing it by by way of understanding it with the forgiveness that is involved with the procedure uh, of self and others involved. And it's a process, and it works. But the fact is, we are... Um, some more than others controlled in this lifetime by um, trauma uh, from a past lifetime. So again, we can relate our our gifts and our talents as well as our limitations and, and challenges in this life directly to what has come before us. And, uh, you know, it can be fixed. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm writing a book on that very thing right now. But it's uh, unknown it's really unknown to to most of our population because the notion of past lifetimes is not accepted um, by the bulk of our population. I think it's it's cultural as well, but it's a religious uh, uh, stigma as well for for many who you know when you when you die you go one of two places but you definitely do not return so you know people are are limited if they've grown up with that belief yes and what's interesting is that science is now accepting it because of dr brian weiss who's known as the father of past life regressions he's been on the show a number of times many lives many masters is was his first book and yes yes he was a psychiatrist a prominent psychiatrist who actually put himself out there and said hey i have this patient i think her name was mary and it, it, that wasn't a real name. That was you know pseudo name. But it, he called her Mary, and she came in. She had these illnesses that, through past life regression, he was able to find out that she brought them in with her when she came into this incarnation, and he was able to heal her because once they went through the past life regression and understood it and everything, she was far better off. And then he started working on other patients in the same way. And I have to say, that was like 45 years ago, probably, maybe 50. This man, it took a lot of courage to stand before your colleagues, your entire professional, you know, psychiatry association, and just say, look, this is what I'm figuring out, and not have everybody in the audience laugh at you. And maybe some did, but some bought into it and found out that, yes, it's real. And the one thing I'd like to say is that, if anyone wants to go to a past life regressionist, make sure you go to somebody who knows what they're doing because the people who take 
you know, hypnotherapy, and it's not even hypnotherapy, it's, it's hypnotism, totally di- two totally different things. If they go to learn how to be a hypnotist at the Holiday Inn for the weekend are not <laughs> people who can do past life regression safely because you don't know what they, what, where you may end up and what trauma you may go through that you need somebody who's done past life regressions and knows how to do them to bring you out of it. And so they either have to be, you know, either a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist who knows what they're doing or somebody like Carol who is clearly tied in with, you know, PACs in the spirit world and knows what, to say and how to bring you out. So I just need to put that out there because it really is becoming like many other modalities of healing and such. It's becoming more and more mainstream to heal people in this way, because we do bring in a lot of things, including physical illnesses and, and phobias, as you said, you know, uh, I'm not one to go swimming. I don't really care for swimming. I don't want to take a cruise and it's not because of COVID. I mean, I wouldn't anyway because of COVID, but it's because I don't like the water that much. I don't want to drown. I clearly must have drowned in past life. I mean, I really think that's something that probably happened and I don't want to do it again because it's not a fun way to go. You know, so... No, it's not. That's just my take on, on it. Yeah. <laughs> you you are so uh, correct with your warning to your listeners. This is not something to be taken lightly. And by the way, uh, I have followed Dr. Weiss. I um, I truly, you know, um, commend him for his work. Yeah. I have that first book of his. Uh, he explored and he discovered... And he was brave enough uh, to share it uh, through the medical fraternity uh, with a great deal of ridicule at the beginning. But it it is now becoming mainstream. But it's absolutely critical that you do not um, enter into this with somebody who's not skilled. Um, I have a different way of doing it now with PACs. I used to do the process, and it would be mm, two to three hours gentle process, working people through lifetimes. Um, it turned out that a few years ago, uh, in communication with PACs on this subject, because most of the people who come for a PACs Wisdom private session have got issues that they don't know the origins of. And, and uh, PACs indicated quite a long time ago that we could help with that, but through spirit wisdom it's just quite a brilliant process spirit packs understands the source of of that particular challenge uh, in that person's past lifetimes and allows us to go directly to it and uh, find that area in time where trauma happened um, and explore it uh, just a little bit without the subject person experiencing any emotion about it or physical reaction. We are simply there as observers. And it's beneficial that the person can recognize what transpired, who was involved, why it happened, recognize the link uh, to their today lifetime, and understand what uh, needs to happen uh, from them in terms of forgiveness uh, for those who may be involved and certainly for themselves as well, perhaps, and be able to take this information after the session and 
further understand it and work with it and and become comfortable with it. But really, um, my belief is that it's a powerful connection we have, even if we do not know it, uh, to our past lifetimes. And we can heal so much of our current challenges um, by learning, by knowing, and by releasing uh, what transpired back then. Um, it's a gift, it really is. But as T says, don't enter into it lightly. And if you want to undergo the process, find a professional practitioner. I also think we don't necessarily need to know we brought in from a past life. If we recognize there's something within that needs to be healed, we can simply ask for that through meditation and it may indeed be a past life thing where you have a, you know how sometimes you get a thought and it's like a nanosecond, but you got the whole story. You, you have the whole story in your head and you're thinking that thought came in and out so fast, but I know exactly what was going on. Boom, 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 boom. You could practically write a book on it. And I find that fascinating. And, you know, I mean, because it's true. That happens where it's like, look, I'm going to tell you what happened. And then you talk to the person. They say, okay, that was like a five-minute dissertation. You think, yeah, I know, but it was like this really quick thought, but it ended up being a whole story because you know everything. You observed everything in such a quick way that you were observing, as you said, that you're the witness to a prior life. We're all witnesses to each other's lives here. But you're a witness to your own life, previous life, and therefore – you can just not go through the pain, the suffering, but just see it, acknowledge it, and cut the cord, if you will, and be done with it in this life. I think we can do that on our own. If we meditate an awful lot, those things just like naturally occur. And I mean, do you think that that's possible, that they would naturally occur, that you could have something and say, okay, yeah, that was weird, and let it go. You just let it go, and all of a sudden you're not having those issues any longer. You know, I I do. I agree with you. And it comes, everything in my work with PAC seems to come down to one word, and that's trust. If we Mm -hmm. trust in ourselves, if we trust in this knowledge, if we trust that we can um, effectively heal ourselves with, with some knowledge, we have to trust in ourselves, believe in ourselves, and we can do anything. So, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I was speaking with a woman today, and she kept saying to me, you know, you saved my life. You gave me my life back. And I kept saying to her, I did not. Uh-huh. I, I set the intention that the energy would work with you, and you believed so much that it would, that you healed yourself. Everybody heals themselves. Nobody heals anybody else. You heal yourself. But sometimes it's easier to give things to another person and just say, oh, okay, I trust and believe so much in you that it's going to work, that you do trust and believe in it, and it is you that you're trusting in too because you're putting so much faith into it that it does indeed work. And she needed to understand that, that, you know, she was putting faith and trust in me, but it was really within herself that she was allowing all of this healing energy to to happen. And that is what I think happens in the work that I do. It is not me that is doing the healing. It is the energy that they're putting so much faith in the fact that it will work, that it does work. And again, it's having that faith and not having any doubt. Well, don't you feel, yes, I agree. And don't you feel that... Generations of people have grown up without self-confidence. They give mm-hmm. over 
the responsibility to another person. You know, here's an example. My parents' generation, if they went to the doctor, would mm-hmm. never <laughs> ask a question. Would never no. ask the doctor a question. You don't question the doctor. Well, yes, you do. Um, yep. But no, they were taught you don't, the doctor is God, and the doctor knows everything. You you don't question. They never differentiated between asking a question about how how will this work for me? How will this affect me? What should I be doing? They, there were no questions asked, and I could never understand that but it was generational you don't question authority of any kind and those those are the people that gave away their power always yes to others and still do there are many that do and still and, do and I here mean, we are the rebellious ones saying no no yep. i need to take charge this is my life i need to take charge of this i need to ask the questions and find my own direction and take in all the information and then make a decision based upon what i think is is best and then of course you know that same generation grew up with the bible and nothing else and therefore taught their children uh so again here we are the rebellious ones knowing that there's much more to be considered. And it's not even that we're being uh, rebellious. We're advocating for ourselves and for the people in our lives that that can't advocate for themselves. You know, if somebody's in the hospital and they cannot think clearly and do things, you've got to be there to advocate for them. And as an advocate, I had to do this last summer for myself. You know, I had to go to the ER and they wanted to do a CAT scan. And I was like, why are we doing a CAT scan? The nurses came in to get me, and they said, oh, we're taking you for a CAT scan. I said, no, I think you have the wrong patient. They said, no, 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 we're taking you for a CAT scan. doctor said, I said, well, then the doctor can go for the CAT scan. I want to know why. I want to know if it's covered by insurance, and if it's not, how much it costs before I make the decision about my life and whether I am getting a CAT scan. They put up their hands, and they're like, we don't know anything about insurance. It was like I was doing it, you know, robbing them. They put their hands up in the air, like I was holding the gun to them, and, and they're like, we don't know anything about, you know, insurance. I said, well, somebody's got to find out something. So they left and they came back and they said, okay, and they explained why the doctor wanted to do a CAT scan. I said, okay, see, now that makes sense, but you don't just come in and get a patient and take me away because that to me says profit center and I am not going to put up with that. This is America. I can get up and leave. And they were like, okay, fine. So they took me for the CAT scan. Everything was fine. And the insurance did cover a good portion of it. So, you know, I was happy, but you do have to advocate for yourself. I know people who have said, well, they told me my husband needed this and what was I going to do? I said, why didn't you ask questions? Well, I didn't know what to ask. You have to think on your feet. You have to know what to ask. You, and if you can't do it, get somebody who can. Because, you know, it, it, one woman I know has like over $600,000 in medical bills. I'm like, why? What did they do those tests for? Insurance companies, if they don't think it's enough, you know, if they don't think it's worth it, that it wasn't necessary, they're not going to pay the bills. She didn't know what to ask or do. So now she's got, uh, you know, she's got to go to court and all this other stuff. You have to advocate for yourself. But you also have to follow your guidance. So. I have to ask a question. It's a little off topic here. It's a little weird. It's not off topic, actually, going back to topic, but it's a little odd. So there's this show that I've been watching called Miracle Workers. Have you heard of the show? No. Okay. It's a comedy on TBS here in the States, but you can stream the first two seasons online. It really is a great show. In the very first season, the, head, uh, the name of the show was Heaven. 
and it was funny and it was thought provoking because they got into the ripple effect by way of what they portrayed as different things that happened in heaven. So one of the (laughs) things specifically was the department of answered prayers. And I laughed because I thought I knew there was a department of answered prayers. Now I am watching a show somebody watched like it's a documentary. And I'm like, I knew there was a department of answered prayers. (laughs) it, (laughs) It seemed small prayers were relatively easy to answer, like a lost glove or your keys. But the bigger ticket items were a bit harder because of the consequences that would occur if the department, which only consisted of two angels, changed the natural course of life to make something happen for one individual. And that made total sense. And I laughed because you could see the consequences coming many times. But one angel was new and wasn't yet aware until after a few failed attempts that she really shifted things in a very negative way. So while it was funny, it did bring awareness to the phrase, be careful what you wish for. And given that, when we talk about having faith that something will happen, unwavering, no doubts at all, full faith, is that part of the contract we have coming in to learn to use that faith no matter how long it takes and will ultimately manifest our desire? Or is there really a Department of Answered Prayers per se that needs to really check out the prayer and make determinations on, on what it would take to manifest the prayer for someone, you know, for instance, like St. Anthony. Okay, you know, when something is lost, you say, St. Anthony, come around, whatever it is is lost, it's got to be found. And, or when I call on angels to help with my contact lens or something else, that's very simple, you know, to do. That's not going to, re- is it going to really affect anyone if I find a lost glove or if I find my car keys? And yet I think sometimes it does because I believe that sometimes you misplace something to allow some time to go by that might be in your best interest because you might be avoiding something that may not be good for you. You might be avoiding something negative. So I guess, you know, one of the huge things that everybody wishes for is, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's a big one. And it's been around for, you know, millennia, but it's still not happening. But I think that's because so many people are involved and a lot of lessons among all of us need to be learned that otherwise would not be learned if we just went right to the manifestation of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So what are your thoughts on that whole thing that took far too long for me to explain? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. My head's spinning a little bit here. Um, (laughs) Is it about, is it about um, self uh, confidence that we can make something happen or that it is for the highest and best good you talked about um, confidence about people having complete trust and faith in something that they want to see happen so we go forward to make it happen that's about personal Mm -hmm. development I guess Um, knowing we have the power in ourself and you know with the guidance of our higher selves, our, our our spirit team with us. I'm not sure I'm answering your question here. I'm well, not, I like, think I, I think got it's, lost. Okay, here's, a, here's an example. There's a gentleman in, in my county that a few years ago won over $500 million, okay, in the lottery. Oh. And he said, I just knew I was going to win. Now, I think that's like a nudge from the universe where you have this knowing, you have this knowing that, yeah, I know it's going to happen. 
I mean, I've literally said to myself when a person has left after a session, that person's going to be fine. I just know it. I know they don't have cancer. I know they don't have whatever. Their doctor's wrong. But I can't Uh say it to them, okay? But I have this knowing because I think I'm being given that information. And I think this gentleman who, you know, he bought tickets. But when he bought that ticket, he was like, yeah, I just knew I was going to win. And his mother called him from Massachusetts and said somebody in New Jersey won over $500 He looked at the ticket. He goes, oh, yeah, it's me. He was a really cool dude. And, yeah, I don't know what he did with the money or anything. Nobody bothered him as far as I know. I'm sure he spent it wisely or is investing it wisely and doing wonderful things with it. But he he had this knowing. So is it uh-huh. that you get this knowing and that allows you to have the full faith trust? Or there are many people who say, well, I really believe I'm going to win. I really believe I'm going to win. And yet they never win because they don't oh, have that, that. Yeah. Yeah. That knowing. We, we, yeah. And, you know, in, in my writings with Pax, he uses the term knowingness and capitalizes it, knowingness. Mm-hmm. And it is an inner knowing. And, you know, I think it's it's based on personal trust, but it's also based on one's own communication with the, one's own higher self and their, you know, regular um, togetherness with their spirit guides. And it's a validation um, of a person's belief and trust and I know that knowingness. I have it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So did my so did my mother and her mother. Uh, it's just this knowingness of it's intuitiveness. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. But you know, those who have this knowingness or this intuitiveness uh, have it in all manner of understandings about people. You, for example, a person is going to be um, telling me about a new business they're going to start up, and as they walk away, I have the knowingness it's going to fail. Or I have mm-hmm. the knowingness it's going to be a huge success. Or I have a knowingness about a person's relationship or or their health or whatever it may be after a conversation with them or even just being together with them. You know, interestingly, it's something I've never questioned um, because I rely on it. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. not something I discuss with other people, but it gives me a head start uh, with an awareness. And it's based on what people will call my intuition. It's my knowingness and how it comes to me and why. You know, that's you've raised such a good point because I've never questioned this with Pax or, you know, my spirit guidance over the years, but nor did my mother, but this knowingness, this awareness, this intuitiveness, this reading of somebody else's energy, I expect um extends to reading that person's energy of their future. Reading their future. Mm-hmm that um, without being called a fortune teller, it's an awareness of that person's future uh, without asking for it. I don't ask to know these things. I'm just, it's it's there. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things I consider to be a huge gift. Um, Again, I, I don't speak of it with others. I don't 
share that information, but I will just know, like you do when a client leaves you, that they're going to be well or possibly not. Um, it's an awareness that uh, is... Uh, now you have me questioning this. I'm going to be looking more well, into Well, there's this. that. Yeah, there's that. But then the individual themselves, when you have, when I have a knowingness about something in my own personal life, okay, and I know it's going to be right, whatever it is, you know, you've got the right job. You know, like, yeah, that's the job. That's the job I want, and you get it. And you have that knowingness. You are aware. Or it's something about yourself. I think that that might be an indication that we're getting a glimpse of our either Akashic records or we're getting a glimpse of our soul contract and a piece of it that, yep, you nailed it. You got it. You can see it. You came in knowing this was going to happen. I think that guy, when he bought that ticket and knew he was going to win, had a glimpse of, I was meant to win this. I don't think it's luck when people win the lottery. I really don't. I think you're either meant to, you can buy tickets until you're blue in the face. And if you're not meant to win that lottery, you are not going to win that lottery. If that's not part of your life plan, it's not part of your life plan. And, you know, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. It's like, it's a contract, isn't it, that we make mm -hmm. um, when we come into a lifetime with a blueprint of of who we're going to be, the parents that we choose, the life path that we're intended. And it is, it's um, it's contractual, and we are intended to be where we are at the time and place for a certain purpose. We probably don't know it, or certainly all of it, as we're growing up. But yeah, we're put where, or we've we've chosen to be where we are, when we are, uh, for for a purpose. And yeah, the knowing that, like you say, you're you're applying for that job because somehow you just know you should, because uh, it's the mm -hmm. right thing. And then down the road, you make great strides and discoveries and you make a difference in the world because you're in that job um yeah meant to be and you're following your soul's path yeah it is meant to be and i think we get guidance with that i also think that we also we're supposedly given free will so the ultimate goal the means to get to the end are not going there might be 20 different ways to do that the means to the end might be quite varied and you can choose any one of those. But sometimes if you choose something that's in between and not right, it won't work out because, you know, I remember watching a show. And I know you live in an area where the Hallmark movies are, are made, which is so cool um, to me. I'm a Hallmark person. <laughs> um, yes, one of the movies they made was about, yes, Christmas in July now, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Can't get, can't get away and, from it. One of the movies, I think it was a Hallmark. It was definitely a Christmas movie. was a movie about a woman who was... Uh, she ended up being highly successful at some corporation, owned the corporation or ran it or whatever. I don't even remember. It was like five years ago. But I remember the angel said to her, you know, you could have been a hot dog magnate. And she said, a hot dog magnate? And she said, yeah, that was, that was one of the other things you could have done. There's many <laughs> things that you can do in this life to, to get to the end. It's, it's what you choose to do. And I laughed at that. And that actually hit me hard because it was like, I believe that. I believe there's many different things you can do. And once you've completed a contract with a person, place, thing, job, whatever it is, it's over. It's over, you know, and you don't have to continue on 
sometimes people do, and they stay in a job that maybe they don't care for too much. But once, once you've, you've gotten it, you can literally move on, you know, reason, season, lifetime thing. And I just found that movie to be really kind of profound because it spoke to what I firmly believed. Yeah, we have free will to make these choices. It might be a different way to getting to the end and doing our soul's purpose, but it's still going to get us there. Now, this guy bought a ticket and won the lottery. Maybe he would have gone to Las Vegas and won the same amount of money. Who knows? But he was clearly meant to win a lot of money because I think in his case, his job was to make sure it was spent wisely and given to different, uh, you know, he's, he's, he seems to be philanthropic. Whereas other people win tons of money and within a year or two, it's all gone. It's all gone. And I don't get what the lessons are for that. And it's not for me to learn because it's unfortunate that they didn't invest it wisely and, and give it to people who need it and stuff and save enough for themselves. But I think that there is a means, different means to the, to the end result. Do you believe that that is, we are guided with that as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. And as you say, we have free will and free choice, but I don't know. Do people recognize what their options are? Uh, I think in many cases not. But, yes, mm-hmm. um, if if we have a purpose, a strong purpose, and we've chosen this time and place uh, to reappear on the planet, then uh, with the help of our inner knowing, our spirit guidance, we'll find our path to that reason why we're here. The purpose. It mm-hmm. may take a long time in life. Um, I'm a classic example of that. You know, I uh, fooled around and flailed around and tried everything imaginable uh, career-wise and hobby-wise until I discovered uh, the reality of my purpose in this lifetime was um, spirit uh, communication and to be a channel and a um, have the ability to focus on it, to be a channel bringing spirit wisdom to to the world, um, my purpose. And that's what it is. And the realization of that, I think for, for many people, it, it comes along with a almost um, um, relaxation into the reality that we have found our purpose and let's get on with it now. Uh, it is mm-hmm. it is it is the greatest gift and blessing uh speaking for myself uh in my life, but it took a while to get there but we we should never expect that the moment we come out of school we're going to know what we're supposed to be doing um but I think it's the I think it's the trust again in ourselves and following where where we're led or where we lead ourselves in our life experiences to find the way uh, to get to that place where where we land on our true purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in this particular movie I was talking about, the angel that was involved with this woman who was figuring out her life, she said, oh, it could have gone very differently. And she said, what do you mean? And she said, well, the day that you met this person who brought you into this corporation, had you walked two streets further and taken a right, you would have met someone else, and that person would have led you to the hot dog magnate thing. 
And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I believe that that's possible. I really do. I really think that, you know, and, and I know I'm a dreamer. You know, I'm very logical. I'm a Capricorn. I'm, so I'm supposed to be very logical, and usually I am. But I know I'm also a dreamer. And I'd like to think that there are many different ways to get to the end result. And it's up to us. And if we, you know, if you feel good about uh, something that you're working with someone on and it works for you and it's going really well, you're not going to keep looking because you're happy with what you have. So you're not going to go look and see, hey, is there a hot dog magnet thing that I can become or what? You're just going to stick with what you have. And and somebody else will end up being the hot dog person. So it was just, I don't know. That whole movie just really was like, it like opened up my eyes to a different world. I'm like, I really believe this is true. Now it's a movie, I know, and you can laugh and stuff, but I don't know. I, I'm a dreamer. I'm going to get a lot of emails. Uh, I'm going to get a lot know, of emails on this. You know. <laughs> but you know, you're absolutely right. Life, everything in life is a choice. And because yes. we have to make a choice, of do we turn right at this corner or walk two more blocks uh, where, where we're going to meet the hot dog magnet. This is a yep. part of my uh, understanding that when we have an inner nudge, when we have a inner knowingness that I should turn right at this corner here, mm-hmm. then I will do it. I don't right. question Oh, I've got this inner voice that's saying, and that's a little voice that people refer to that they hear uh, that keeps them out mm-hmm. of trouble or sometimes, yeah, keeps them out Get of trouble. Get them into it, yeah. <laughs> if I hear that or feel that inner voice saying, don't walk any further, don't go through that door, don't get in your car right now, don't, 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 then I pay attention because yeah, um, so do I. What I don't know is what would happen if I right. d- discounted that advice, which it is advice, and chose to make a different decision. So the um, the hot dog magnet versus what she wound up doing, she was guided there, and she obviously mm-hmm. listened to whatever inner cues she received to turn here or not turn there um, because yep. her the bigger picture for that present life of hers uh, it was orchestrated that she would in fact uh, turn right here and meet that particular person because maybe the hot dog magnet would have been good but maybe this would be better for, for the bigger picture yeah. and, and the world at large and we're all supposed yeah. to be here to consider what we can do to better not only our world, but um, the greater good of all. Yeah, the collective whole, absolutely. Gosh, we're getting to the top of the hour, but I did want to know if I can, if we can ask Pax a couple of questions. Is that possible? Is he here with us, or is he? Did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he go okay. to bed? All right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Pardon me, folks. <laughs> he might be tired. Nobody's you know? ever asked that. I don't no, think he no. does. I think he's all okay. present, all knowing, all laughing right now. Well, you know, he gets to have a break, too. I mean, he's probably called on a lot. Kind of got to feel bad for the dude, you know? So oh, I and would you know like if to you... ask him. Go ahead. I just, you know, you just raised something there, and I would like to respond to what you just didn't ask uh, for your listeners. Anyone can access spirit guidance. Anyone. I've asked Pax about 
uh, are there other people channeling him? Of course. He said, my, my, my wisdom is there for the enlightened. Anyone can access it. So I want your readers to know, your listeners to know, rather, that even if they don't try and contact Pax, they can, they can contact any uh, spirit wisdom and guidance um, just by quieting themselves and going within and doing so. So, thank you. Your question? Yeah, that, and I believe that because after I met you and Pax, I started calling on Pax a lot and saying, you know, so I thank him every day. I'm like, okay, thanks, Pax. Thanks for a great day. You know, whatever it is, like, you know, he's, um, yeah. you know, listen, here's from me. And he's probably like, oh, my God, get this woman off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Tell <laughs> stop texting or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is we're doing. I would like to know if we could ask him a couple of things. First of all, we all know we have the Delta variant. And the impact here in the United States is that it's spreading. And as far as they know, there is protection from the vaccines. However, having said that, the Delta variant, um, in some places, it's touted that there are 623 cases in the U.S. already. No, wait, that's wrong. The Delta variant is uh, 17,000 cases a day growing. And in areas where they are, it's, the vaccinations have not gone high, it's 92% of the people are getting sick, are not vaccinated. Nobody's saying what the other 8% are. Clearly, they're vaccinated, and yet they're saying there are no breakthrough cases. Now, there's also a variant that is not well-known, and it's not being discussed. It's from Peru, and it's called the Lambda variant, L-A-M-B-D-A, which, you know, is supposed to be more severe than the Delta variant, but they don't know enough about it yet. And that's where there are 623 cases in the U.S. that nobody's really talking about, but that's cited somewhere. So the Delta variant, going back to that, if we have 8% of people who are vaccinated and getting the Delta variant, is it because their vaccines are wearing off? Are they breakthrough cases? And what about the Lambda variant? Is it coming? Is it here? Is it going to be worse? And when and if, well, let me get to that other question afterwards. So let's just go with that. The Delta and the Lambda variants, what's the scoop on those and the 8% of people that are getting it? Are they breakthrough cases that nobody's talking about, or are they indeed because the vaccine's wearing off? Okay, thank you. I think the sense is that those individuals' immune systems were not um, – working well with the vaccines they received and it is a um anomaly with those people okay. the other okay the lambda yes uh, the sense here is that it's going to grow it's going to continue growing and that in numbers and that mm -hmm. one of the vaccine manufacturers is going to begin to say that they have uh, a useful tool, a useful uh, strain, a useful vaccine against it, and be asking mm -hmm. people to take that almost as a third, or, or not a booster, but a separate uh, for that variant and there's going to be great 
discussion about, oh my gosh, what has to happen for every variant? Is it, are people having to get a, another vaccination, um, which will remain under discussion and up in the air for the near future? Okay. But it's going to become believed that the additional uh, uh, vaccine is is going to be necessary because the belief will be that this new strain is a far greater risk than mm-hmm. what we ha- what we have known to date. So that would be the lambda or another mm-hmm. one after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because there is a lot of talk about the booster shots, but our CDC is saying not yet. They are following cases closely so they can determine when or if we will need a booster. And I think we will. I, I, this isn't a disease. It's a virus. And let's face it, the seasonal flu with the different strains every year, and sometimes you get a quad because there's four new strains coming in, it's, it's a direct descendant of the Spanish flu, which was the pandemic of 1918. So in 103 years, there's still no vaccine to cure the Spanish flu or all the strains that we've seen in the past century. It hasn't been eradicated. It just keeps mutating. And although it's not, you know, there's enough herd immunity where it's not, it's not mutating in such a way that it's getting severe. And that's true of viruses. Many viruses don't get more severe. However, COVID seems to be doing that. So what does PAC say about booster shots, when we'll need them, if we should get them, or should we just wait to see what this new variant is, and will that take care of all that we will know about at that point in time? Yes, it seems that there's a reluctance to recommend booster shots as being almost premature at this Mm -hmm. point while other uh, variants are appearing. And it's almost a wait-and-see suggestion right now. You know, my sense right now is from spirit is there's more to come. These two new variants are not the last we're going to see. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. No, there's more to come. It's not a disease. It's a virus. Yeah, it's not a disease. It is a virus. And there's a huge difference between the two that I don't think people understand. And that's the sad part. You know, Um, we've eradicated small. We did eradicate smallpox and we did eradicate polio until people stopped giving the vaccination and boom, it reared its ugly head again. So, you know, unless everybody gets the vaccine. I mean, right now, Illinois is saying if you're from Missouri or Arkansas, you can't come here now. You have to quarantine for 10 days, and they're back to doing all of that. I can see that coming down the road. Is that a possibility that we'll be back to – I mean, I wear a face mask everywhere I go. I don't care what the rule is. I'm wearing it because I don't want to die. And I think, you know, people are saying, I want my freedom. And I'm like, I want my freedom this side of the grass for a while longer, thank you. So I will wear a mask because it's very simple to do, and it's helping me, and it's helping everybody else. So it's a simple thing to ask people to do, but people – they're not being compliant. And, I, you know, the, um, your book, The Power of the Pandemic, Personal Power Will End the Pandemic, is so true. We have to take that power in our hands and, and do what we need to do. And it's unfortunate because right now there's a lot of young people, young people are being hospitalized and dying and dying. Oh, yes. Well, it's about respect, isn't it, for others. 
having yeah. respect yeah. for yourself and having respect for others that um demands whether you wear a mask or not because it's not just for yourself you you may be well but you could be a carrier um right we yeah we we need to be respecting other people if we're in reasonably close quarters with them and wearing masks and you know i live in a country where we still have closed borders and quarantines uh yeah if you go out if you go out you're not coming back in um without a two-week mandatory <laughs> quarantine that is yeah. monitored and if you're caught um removing yourself from your premises uh it it's it's not going to go well for you um so the risk remains there are other variants coming there is going to be at least one um a manufacturer of vaccine that will come very quickly to the fore uh stating that they have a vaccine that will take care of that that variant um and then of course people don't know what to do because they're looking at that they're looking at potential boosters that the CDC has said hold up we're, we're not ready for that yet it's a confusing time for people very confusing um and again i think each person has to do what they feel is right for them based on uh, the intelligent questions they have asked uh of their health professionals and and get guidance on um Will PAC say if the will PAC say if the new the one that's going to come quickly and say we have one against variants will he say that will work the vaccine that vaccine will work yeah of that manufacturer where it's going to come quickly to the fore you said um, it, and it feels- and they will tout that they that they will it will be able to handle the different variants at that point in time that they know about. Will he say that that is a true statement and that that will handle those variants? Well, that uh, that variant, just the one, there is just uh, Delta, um, or Lambda, what, Lambda. My sense is yeah. yes, but you know it's it's virus specific, and that puts yeah. the onus on people, on healthcare, to to professionals to really know which variant a person has. Um, yeah. That's a, that's well, a tricky the other thing situation. Is, it is. And there's a woman, right now they know that the, the prevalent one in this country right now is the Delta variant, as is true in the U.K. And there was a woman who had COVID, was in the hospital for a long time on a ventilator, came out. She just is coming home from the hospital now because she had COVID again in the hospital not easy cases. If you aren't being hospitalized, that's not good news. Second time. So they asked her on the news, will you get a vaccination now? And she said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get a vaccination or not. She goes, I guess. I'll think about it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Because the third time might be a charm and you might be going out. You know, I mean, what are you thinking that you've had it twice, been in the hospital, and now you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm not sure. And then there are people who say, well, I had COVID, so I'm immune forever. No, you're not. There are people who had the immunoclonal uh, infusion therapy and antibody infusion therapy, and they think they're immune. Three months later, they should be getting a vaccine, and they're not. I don't want to be around these people. I really, really don't. 
and people are saying I'm being overly cautious. And you know what? In this situation, I don't think there is such a thing as overly cautious. I think we all have to do what we need to do, and it is the personal power that ends the pandemic, which is, again, another book, and we had her on. We had Carol on for that show, too, so check that out, people. You can listen to that whole show. Um, I do have one more question about this, and then I'll let you go. The CDC tell, has told us not to mix vaccines. So whatever provider you got for your first shot should be the same as your second shot. And that makes sense. Now, I presume that holds true for boosters as well. But no one's talking about that because the boosters have not been, yet been approved. Or the next manufacturer, if there's something comes out, will it matter which manufacturer's vaccine or booster shot you get when it comes to making that decision? There is great discussion ensuing about this now uh, with beliefs on both sides of the question. But Mm -hmm. the feeling I'm receiving right now is that sticking to one is the best, that not mixing, Um, if you can help it, sticking to the one. And, you know, I don't know the reason for that, but it, it's compatibility and, and, and doubling um, protection uh, strengths um, and not allowing in any other um, ingredients, if you will, um, mm-hmm. but, but powering up um, with a second dose. Yeah, building on what you have now. Building on what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, when you get the seasonal up. flu vaccine, yep. When you get the amping up the power, I guess it is. When you, when you get the seasonal flu vaccine, nobody ever thinks to ask who the manufacturer is, who was it last year. We just go and get it. We don't know who the manufacturer is. It could be the same one. It could be somebody different. But the, flu, the seasonal flu vaccine is good for about six to nine months, and we're told to get it once a year. So you're usually, well, you know, a little bit past the date. Like, I make sure I get it in October. So... Every October, if I'm getting it, I might be three months out of antibody and I'm putting in something new and it may not matter who the manufacturer is. If, in fact, a new manufacturer, let's say Medicago comes up and says, hey, we've got something that's really great and it's against the Lambda. And let's say it's next June because my last shot was in May. I would feel comfortable taking that because a year had gone by and they don't know yet how long the antibodies last. But if that 8% of people may currently be the anomaly. It may not be after a while against these variants because maybe our antibodies don't last as long as they think. So what does PAC say about all of that? I know there's a lot there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, are we talking about the flu vaccine or? The COVID vaccine. COVID, Okay. Um, yeah, so if, if if the antibodies last a year, let's say, and I'm just using Medicago because it's a new company that's coming out or a new vaccine coming out from a, a company that isn't yet creating a vaccine, and they say we have one that does the Lambda and maybe, who knows, might be three other variants between now and a year from now, I would feel comfortable getting a different manufacturer after a year. After, Is that yeah. feasible? Is that, yeah, okay. It, it almost seems like the... Um what what was circulating in the body has done its job and its, yeah. its effectiveness has waned and it's mm-hmm. like your um your it, it's it's a new playing field it's like you the seasonal vaccine fresh yes yeah. you start yep. fresh with okay. something different that is not going to um 
be incompatible because it's mostly dissipated. Gone. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, the weaker and, it gets, I can see that you could do that. Yeah, over time. But again, here yep. we are. I mean, this is a novel coronavirus. Novel. Right. It's not known. Yeah. Everything about yep. it is pretty much unknown unless you um, equate it back to the Spanish flu. But the right. efficacy of these vaccines is also unknown. You know, Pax said mm-hmm. quite a while ago in my writings that he was not comfortable with the speed at which these vaccines were rushed to market, were his words. Mm-hmm. That that they were, human trials did not exist. They were rushed through development, manufacture, and marketing. And there was a reason for that, because there was a demand but it doesn't negate the fact that these vaccines have been rushed to market. And nobody knows the end result of use, no, not using yet. them. <laughs> yeah, and even though we mRNA technology from Moderna and Pfizer is extremely, you know, it's been around for 20 years. We've been using it in cancer patients for a very long time, and it's very effective in that way. And we know that the SARS uh, the SARS virus, which this is the SARS coronavirus, the SARS came out in like 2008 or nine, and they have been working on a vaccine for that for years. So that gave them a little bit of a, a headway on it. We still don't know how long these vaccines will be effective, and the efficacy is the most important part. So let's say, I mean, I had mine on May 9th. It's July 14th today, so it's two months later. How do I know it's, it's going to work like having the antibody infusion therapy it's not it's only going to last three months i don't know how do they test for that they'd have to do the test to see if you still have the antibodies and those tests are not widespread they are sometimes in just a few parts of each state in this country and you have to travel far to have that test done so i can understand hesitancy on the part of a lot of people in getting a booster and i can understand uh, but I don't, I, I guess what I don't understand is all of the people, when they're seeing how much death is around, not getting at least the, the, the shots that are available now because they are proving to be effective against the virus. But the thing is, when they first came out and they were like, oh, we're short on um, Moderna, so you can get the Pfizer. It was like two days later they came out and said, no, don't mix them. Don't mix them. And I thought, oh, thank God somebody said that because I was thinking it. So it's encouraging to know, though, that, you know, there are things that are coming down the pike. So I think that's the good news about what PAX is saying, that there, are, there is a vaccine that's going to come out that would probably be better because this, this, this virus is very much mutating in a more severe way rather than going a more standard route of where the strain is not quite as bad. So um, that's encouraging. So, Carol, is there anything else that you and PAX would like to say before we end this long show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, thank you for having us, and uh, we always look forward to our discussions with you, lively and thought-provoking as they are. And from PAX to your listeners, I would say that the message is believe in yourself, trust in yourself, go within and acknowledge, if you can, that you have inner guidance. You have a higher self that's there to help you through 
answering your questions and uh, giving you direction. If you will just recognize this and avail yourself of it, take advantage of it. Uh, You've been around uh, this life a few times. You have soul knowledge and wisdom that's come through uh, from those lifetimes with you. Most most people feel it from time to time. Can't describe what it is really, but if you have these inner knowingness experiences, then you know that's a signal that you're not alone. And as Pac said in this channeling for you today, uh, he wants everyone to know that you are not alone in this life. You have the guidance of your higher self. And uh, please, to take advantage of it. So that would be our parting thought. That is a wonderful parting thought. And I want to thank you both for joining us tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you and Pax on, Carol. I, I love the shows that we have together. And this one, I'm sorry it went over, but I'm not sorry it went over. <laughs> I'm not sorry it went over. And clearly, now you and your listeners know, uh, Pax was not sleeping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he didn't go to bed. It's okay. He's he did here. not. Yay. <laughs> you know, he, he was just up there on the cloud waiting for us. <laughs> waiting. He was waiting for us. He was in the green room waiting for his turn to speak. Well, oh he was. Thank you, Pax. We really appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> it's my habit now, before I come on the show, uh, to tell Pax that we are uh, coming on to the show. Um, this is our topic for the day. And please uh, be with me uh, for for an overview in wisdom and guidance. Because, you know, I practice what I preach. I'm not in this alone. I have right. my uh, strengths, and it's PAX. And uh, if it weren't PAX, it would be my my inner guides, my, my spirit guides. Um, for each of us, it's different. But for me, it's mm-hmm. PAX. And my ability to... To call upon him is no different than for each of your listeners to call upon their own strengths, which can be with them for guidance at any time, uh, if they will simply open to it. So it's it's a great great gift and blessing. (laughs) It is. Thank you so very much. Hold on the line. I'm going to do the outro, and then I'll talk with you in the green room, okay? You bet. Okay, thanks. Before, you know, before we go, I want to encourage everyone to go to PaxWisdom.com to learn more about Pax and his messages. There is so much there that you can learn from the books that are available through PaxWisdom.com site. And you'll find links to the author's websites. And remember, Carol offers personal readings as well. So look into that. The readings are directly channeled from Pax, directly from Source, which is very cool. And, you know, it, it, it it's always fun to, to do that and to have your questions answered for your own personal growth and well-being and, and purpose in life. And we'll be have Carol back again in August. I believe it's August 8th. Or, no, it's in August. I can't remember the date. For the eighth segment in the series. So, um, you know, we need you to spread the word. So do that. Send a link to this show to everybody you know. For more information about me and my work or to schedule a remote energy session, visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Don't forget to go to Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need. Please also follow us on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. And while you're in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook at Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host. 
T-Lob here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Last life discussion, I think. And uh, well, I, uh, oh, come on. What? I'll get feedback on what discussion? Oh, the past lifetime discussion. Yes, I think that will come. I think that in the COVID discussion as well. Yeah, I think because I can see a trail of email coming in. I'm like, that's just far too many for me to even look at tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, love I know you. A Had a wonderful load. time. Love you it too. It was great. You have thank a great you. night. It was great, Carol. Thank you so much, and thank you, Pax. We really appreciate it. You have a great night. Okay. Yep. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.